Good evening, guys. Uh, Rusty here, and welcome to uh, Impact on MX Live is back uh, through um, Gear Night. Can you turn your phone off, Plushy? Here he is, ruining the first guest stuff, and he's already he's already uh, making our show a challenge. Look, look at him, look at him fumble over there. How are you, mate? Doing really well, mate. How about yourself? Good. I'm already introducing our, our first uh, our first guest, but uh, I've got a few things to do before we get too far into that. <laughs> um, hey, I've missed you guys. It's uh, it's been fun. Um, it was it was fun doing the live show, and then for the last however many weeks it's been, it's been uh, been nothing going on. Uh, I had well, actually, I say nothing going on. There's been heaps going on. Uh, I've actually I spent most of my time um, uh, redoing the scoped out website, which uh, worked out well because they've actually uh, that's the sponsor of this show. Um, so I spent all my time on this uh, little thing uh, happening here, and uh, yeah, just all sorts of stuff. One of the cool things in there that I, I enjoyed doing was the ring height calculator, so you can work out what height rings you need and all that sort of stuff. But anyway, uh, so some some information coming up about that. But that's been what I've been doing, and then uh, of course we. We were uh, in depth with uh, with getting PRS uh, up and running, uh, and we were we were about uh, we made all the calls, got everyone on board. It was all about to happen, and then uh, it, it, over a weekend where infection started to grow again, um, it has gone. It went south, and as many of you guys are aware by now, that the 2020 season is cancelled, and because of that. <laughs> I've got more time on my hands, uh, so to speak, and so uh, I thought, well, let's get back in front of the camera and do some live shows because I enjoy doing it, and hopefully, well, enough people enjoy doing it. They told at least they told me they enjoyed it doing it happening. So, uh, so we're back, back doing some live shows. But we thought we'd put a different slant on it. One, it won't be every night. So sorry to the Victorians who are locked up and probably are looking for something every night. But um, we've got uh, other things to do. But there are other projects and the the po the actual podcast coming back and some other videos are in the works as well. Uh, so we thought we'd, we'd put a focus on it uh, of equipment because so often uh, we, we we don't delve deep into equipment. We, we talk about it a bit, but we don't delve deep into it because we don't want people to think that you have to have all the latest gear and all the best gear to be able to shoot PRS or whatever other sport it is. But it is the sexiest part of what we do. It's the, it's the best look at them, apart from the shooters, of course. But it is the best looking part of what we do, and and um, and it really does make a difference. So we thought we'd spend set up an environment where we can actually talk in depth about gear, equipment, and and programs, and all sorts of stuff. So. Over the coming months, really, uh, I've got a number of guests lined up uh, who are, you know, experts in the field or have, have big, big experience across disciplines, across uh, multiple guns and, and, and that sort of thing. And, and we're going to be uh, picking their brains about what they've used, what's worked for them, what hasn't worked for them, all of those sort of things. So uh, that is the goal. Uh, I, I have got notes and, and What's different here about uh, other times is the camera's over there and my screen's over there, so I'll be weird looking away. But um, the the other thing I wanted to let you know that um, this is not just limited to PRS stuff. By the way, uh, there will be people who have used pistols and might want to talk about those. There will be uh, uh, shotgun stuff, uh, no doubt. Um, this is really the history of of, the, of what people have used, and and hopefully you find that interesting, as you know many of us uh, find it fascinating to explore at least some of the equipments used in other disciplines or stuff that has been around for a long time and uh, and guns that you know may be hard to get hands on or, or uh, from you know from from periods in history uh, find people who know stuff about that so we are uh, gear night is probably a good way to put it we're talking about all sorts of gear all sorts of equipment and uh, we will see how we go but of course we you know predominantly long-range PRS shooters we're going to talk about that a bit as well uh, so, um, yeah, we, we've got all, all sorts of stuff lined up with a whole stack of guests uh, for, for a number of months already uh, and, and looking forward to getting more on board as well. Uh, so if you are enjoying this, actually, plus you come around here for a second. Uh, so uh, uh, the, what's different as well at the moment is we we can sort of be a little bit not that close. Not come around. Um, no, no, come, come around here. Um, we can be a little bit closer uh, these days. Uh, and so not all my guests will be on Zoom. So um, hey, now is the time if you would be so kind, either screenshot this and put it on Instagram. Let's do a face in a second. We'll, we'll, wait for it uh, or share this out we would love to get a whole stack of people watching and, and provide value to information to those sort of guys so uh, if you're ready for screenshots get those phones ready let's uh, here we go 
don't know what we're doing here. Don't touch me. That's just weird. <laughs> All right. Hopefully that's it. It's his birthday as well, so tag him in. Uh, and, um, yeah, happy happy birthday. All right. Uh, you're off to get tested now. Um, <laughs> I'm positive well, for everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I like the positive attitude. It's yeah. good stuff. It's good stuff. What else do we need to tell you? I think that is about it for the, uh, for the intro, guys, just to bring you up to speed on what's been going on uh, and doing things. Um, we're going to talk about this. This is always uh, meant to be something that we featured in the last show, and we just never got around to it because too much was going on. So um, we're going to delve into a bit of Plushies uh, shooting history. If you have comments and questions or anything on those lines, uh, let's get into that as well. But Plushy, um, maybe give us a quick little 30-second uh, grab of, of of what you've done in the shooting world, um, keep it quick. Oh, not much. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right, good. No, so uh, I grew up like a lot of people on a, you know, shooting as a uh, a teenager, I suppose, or a young fella. Um, sort of moved out of shooting for a little bit, and then a good friend of mine I went to school with, Greg Hamilton. He's been sort of involved in this scene for a while. He uh, he got me back into it in the uh, with the twenty twos and it. Progressed from there. I got into uh, I got into F class. Uh, I've been cured, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I sort of found my way into uh, found my way into PRS, and yeah. uh, I'm I'm hooked. It's probably the uh, the best word to to explain that one. Yeah, nice, mate. So, if I ask you, what was the first gun you you ever shot? Do you remember that? Yeah, um, it was an air rifle. Okay, uh, it was a Diana seventeen caliber. Nothing, you know, the old single break action. Yep, pump it up and uh, and go from there. I used to spend hours school holidays. I'd spend hours and hours and hours on end just shooting uh, that thing. Um, yeah, okay. at, uh, at targets, cans, anything that uh, anything I was allowed to shoot. Yep. Yeah. So you were you were like they grew up grew up with it really and yeah. in in the backyard or wherever and just yep. shot away. Yep. Yeah, that's right. I think uh, I think many of our viewers probably be able to relate to to doing that. Mm. Um, and yeah, certainly I uh, I didn't grow up like that, but the the bloke next door, the young lad next door <laughs> to me, did. So from time to time, I'd go around there, or any time I, I had the chance to go and do that, I I would. It so a, always a highlight of the school holidays when Dad would walk in with a pack of you know three or four hundred rounds in a <laughs> in the tin, and you knew you're up for a good couple of days. Yeah, not wrong, not wrong. So Airoff was the first one. Did did that uh, interest in firearms continue there, or was was there a break at all? No, it stopped. Um, Stopped. Yeah, it was. I don't think I I was uninterested. I just went and did other things. Girls. Um, yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then probably my, oh, I'd say early twenties. Mm-hmm. I uh, yeah got back into it. Uh, Greg rang me up one day. He's went, you want to go in the range? Go shoot some metallic silhouette. Yep. And I uh, went down there and did that with the twenty two, and I was I was back in it again. Got my gun license and uh, and went from there. Bought a twenty two. I think like most people do for their first rifle. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and went from there. Yeah, fantastic. And so, what what was that first rifle? I've still got it. It's a Savage Mark II, um, stainless steel. Um, yep. Nothing fancy, with like a loophole four to twelve scope on it, and uh, okay. just sits in my safe and never gets used now. <laughs> but it's 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 a hard one to sell. I think yeah, a hard one to move on. It's the first one I bought, so it'll probably sit there and. It's no family heirloom, but I'll probably still give it to my little boy when he's old enough. <laughs> he can uh, he can have a play with that one. Yeah, fantastic. And so, when uh, after the twenty two or the, the Savage, where did you go to from there? I went and got a a Savage two four three. Okay, you 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 were already into the brands by then. You were just like, oh, I love this brand. I'll well, yeah, that. I think it uh, it shot all right, and I was like, oh, well, hopefully this Centerfire thing does the same. I didn't, to be honest, I didn't know a lot about, didn't really know anything about Centerfires when I bought that. Yep, um, and it was a pretty pretty quick learning curve. Yeah, I bet. Um, <laughs> I got bet. into reloading almost straight away. Yeah. Okay. Um, How old were you at this stage? Yeah, be I reckon twenty two, maybe twenty three, something like that. Yep. Maybe a little bit. Wouldn't be much older. Okay. Um. Yeah, and then I uh, then I got introduced to F class, right Went around down, that age. Yeah, yeah. Um, somewhere in that sort of one year period. Mm-hmm. Um, went down to the lower light, and uh, the guys down there were really friendly. Yep, so let us have a bit of a shoot. Um, I think they happened to be shooting a thousand meters the day I was there. I thought this is fun. <laughs> Um, How'd you go with your Savage Two Four Three? I definitely didn't use that. <laughs> no, Fair enough. Kind enough. Went out in the first time and uh, and had a few shots with. Uh, it's much like our club, really. Mm. You people come out and 
people are handing your rifles left, right and centre to have a try with. It's uh, it's yep. really good. Yeah, nice. Um, and I think I jumped in. I went all the way, but a custom rifle, barnet action, single shot, um, big, big straight barrel and, and the works and yep. build, a, build a F-class rifle and went from there. And went from there. So, uh, how did that? Uh, how did that go for you? How was the uh, the F class scene? How many years did you shoot in that? On and off. I worked. I worked fly in, fly out oh, during okay. that period. So I was away for decent periods of time. Then I used to come back, and I'd maybe get two weekends in, or maybe an OPM or a Queens or something like that. If it was what's an OPM? Uh, that's a uh, what do they call it? An open medal. Okay. Open prize mate. Sorry. Right. Open yep. prize mate. So that'll yep. be a. Um, like a uh, like a club match, their one match for the year sort of thing that they put on. That's sort of a bit more meaningful than the usual the usual weekend matches that they do. Sure. Um, and the Queens is a, a state level sort of match. Oh, it's kind of national as well, but yep. they have a, a Queens in each state all around the uh, all around the country each year. And is there a nationals type they type d- deal? They generally put um, one range per year. That will be the nationals around the state. So oh. one of the queens, yeah, they, they rotated around the place, okay. Victoria, South Australia, or, or whatever. Yeah, right. Um, I never shot any state. I shot a couple of couple of them in South Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed that actually. It was. What optics did you use during that period? Um, all night force, yep. um, mostly the um, the bench rest, the eight to thirty two, or the the twelve to forty two, mm-hmm. uh, second focal plane. Um, with the really fine reticle, um, eighth, the eighth click uh, MOA. So how how was that going from your um, your experience with your Savage two four three across to a Barnard action uh, with, <laughs> with the Night Force? It was uh, fair fair difference. What yeah, would, the, do you remember the scope you were running on your two four three? Yeah, that would have been it was cheap. I reckon it was a Nico Sterling or something like that. It was. Uh, I certainly didn't pay a lot for it. Yep. Um, Night and day. It's, yes. Yeah. The the two four three quickly became a spotlighting gun, mm-hmm. and uh, the uh, the comp gun was very dedicated for that that type of thing. Yeah. Um, but I mean, as a spotlighting gun, say two hundred meters and under, the Nico Sterling's probably wasn't out of place. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you're not uh, you're not going to have that the level of detail or the level of accuracy of the the night force. Yep. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, very good. And from a reloading point of view, what were you, you said you were reloading pretty early on. What did you start off with with uh, reloading? I bought a, a Lee press. Yep. Um, I think I might have bought some RCBS, just the standard, the standard dies, mm-hmm. and um, the uh, the beam scales. Mm-hmm. I got sick of that pretty quick. I bought a charge master. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. Um, and I've had that, actually, to be honest, I've had that up until recently. Okay. I sold it only a few weeks ago. Yeah, right. And the Charge Master? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. Yep. I've still got the, I've still got the Lee Press. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my decapping setup at the moment. Yep, um, sure. That's about all that gets used for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and I sort of learnt, um, actually, the Savage was an interesting rifle because while I was sort of learning about low development um, seating depth and that sort of stuff. It used to be a, a minute gun at 100 metres no matter what I did. <laughs> I got, yeah, right. It was a bit of an interesting one. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't make it shoot much worse and I couldn't make it shoot much better. Yep. I've never really, I've never really gone back to it, I suppose. It's, um, a minute gun for spotlighting is good enough. Mm-hmm. Very much good enough. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It's, uh, have, you, have you used any time recently? Does it ever come out? Yeah, um, I used it at a club match, I think, last year. <laughs> yeah, okay. How'd I, you go uh, with it? Didn't come last. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think I might have. I think I might have dropped the night force on it. Okay. Uh, to make life a little bit easier. To make it a bit easier. Um, yeah. I think. What do I, I think I. Uh, I think I came up to visit you and bought half a dozen things and forgot to get projectiles, if I remember correctly, <laughs> and then went home to reload and realised that uh, I didn't have what I needed. <laughs> that's <laughs> so probably I, uh, likely. Yeah. Pulled the two four three out and shot a club match. Yeah. Okay. Oh well, that's. Uh and obviously it went okay, and that's that's probably a testament that you you can you know good shooter can make make some average gear uh, work pretty well. Yeah, four shot mags weren't fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but fair enough. It uh, yeah, it was a bit different. It doesn't have a break, mm-hmm. so you, the whole recoil management thing becomes a little bit more important. Yep. Um, yeah, it was actually 
a good it was actually a good thing to drop back to to okay. expose some perhaps weaknesses or flaws in your technique mm-hmm. that uh, not con- not controlling recoil perhaps as good as you could as you could mm-hmm. used to having a nice heavy rifle with a break and all that sort of stuff well balanced yep um let you get a little bit slack sometimes i think okay yeah it's uh, it, it makes it makes you get back to those fundamentals doesn't it yeah absolutely it makes makes them pretty core yep yeah right and so we met on a on a training course that did right. ages ago, and you came over from from an F class, and you were sort of sniffing about practical precision rifle sight things. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what gear you were running on that particular I think, course. Do you remember? I think we first met. I came to a oh, you did one catch of your up. your um your catch ups about a uh, the applied ballistics app. That's right. In and sort of I'd used it a little bit, but I had no idea of the features beyond. Punch in your muzzle velocity and punch in your range and see what comes out the other end. That's right. I, I, back when I used to know, know what I was doing, I actually ran a ran a course for right. ballistics uh, apps. We used to meet up in, uh, in in a hotel and spend two hours going through every sort of button you can press and every option you could set. Uh, That's right. That was a while ago. I'm not sure if I'd be all over that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah that was that was been good four That's five years ago maybe from... four years ago. Four, at least four. Yeah, it'd. I think it'd be even. Yeah, it would be all the four years. Yeah, yeah it could be a bit longer. They were. They were good. They were good fun. Do you still use applied ballistics? Um, I've got a Kestrel now, so okay. I guess I still I still use it. But I flick between the two. So um, at the range, it's pretty common at our club for someone to to come up and ask, "How do I get some load data to get out to five hundred meters or something like that?" Yeah. And applied ballistics on your phone is pretty pretty quick and easy to uh, to measure up you know, their scope offset and put the lab radar open or grab some velocity and, and stuff like that. Yep. And, uh, you know, get some get some data for them to go out to 500 metres. So I use that quite a bit, but not so much for myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I use the Kestrel pretty much exclusively for myself. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. Okay, yeah, very good. So when, uh, and, and then we delve down that path of actually getting involved in Precision Rifle, mm-hmm. um, what, what did you sniff out first? Um, I ended up buying a uh, a ticker tack A one six five Creed. Yep. I don't have a ponytail, but <laughs> I chopped it off. <laughs> so what 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 brought you to to buying that as your first gun in that? Because obviously you you, you were a pretty experienced shooter by this point, and you were doing really well F class. You probably talked down how well you did, but you you did very well in F class from everything I understand. Um, and so you you're very proficient, and and you've gone into this new discipline. And you've chosen the, the TAC A1 to start with for your um, decision. Knowing how much it costs to build, to build a custom rifle, mm-hmm. and it was something that I, I thought I wanted to do, yep. but I didn't want to just jump $10,000 in the hole <laughs> to find out in you know, six months' time that I didn't really enjoy it. Yep. And the, the ticker was a, a happy midpoint. Okay. Um, it, was, it looked from, from all, all reviews. I mean, tickers shoot great anyway. Yep. Uh, from all the reviews, it looked like it was semi-suitable for the task. I mean, it is. It's not. It's more than semi-suitable for the task. It's it's pretty good actually. Yeah, yeah, it does a job. Um, yeah, well, and truly. Jumped into that one. I thought, well, if it doesn't, if I don't get into the whole PRS thing, it's it's not a bad rifle for a bit of long range or a bit of hunting or something on those lines. A bit heavy for hunting, but mm-hmm. a bit of long range shooting or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and for a period there, I I used it in both. Um, I didn't have a break on it to start with. That didn't last long. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was shooting F class matches with it. And uh, doing a little bit of PRS stuff with it too. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was more of a. Yeah, it was definitely a money-driven thing that I was um, not willing to jump all in until and I really knew I was I was into it. And did you bring a scope across from your F-class rifle, or did you get something dedicated? No. Um, I ended up buying a Night Force uh, attacker. Oh wow! Okay, didn't, didn't you just say this was a money-driven thing to get the cheaper <laughs> option, and then and then you've gone for one of the more expensive scopes? In I got the, a in the deal. Range? I got a deal on that thing. Okay, I, pay, I paid not a lot for it. Okay, um, but <laughs> I'm just trying to remember if I uh, I'm just trying to remember if I actually put something else on it in the meantime. Did do you have a Viper or something like that? I seem to remember you had something got, as an interim. I've got a, a Bushnell. Like pre second focal plane, pre it's like the tac the early tacticals with MOA um, turrets and mil dot reticle. It's super easy to use. Yeah, Um, I reckon that might have been on it for a while. 
and then I might have jumped into the attacker as I was getting a bit more confident that that was what I wanted to do. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Obviously, that's uh, that's worked well for you. Still, you still run that one currently. The well, I still run both. Um, oh, okay. So the the attacker um, is still on that rifle. Mm-hmm. Um, I still have the the TAC A one, but the chassis is gone. Oh, okay. Well, take us through take us through that turfing a, a chassis. Yeah. <laughs> um, I got to the point where, um, as my skills developed, um, I started to feel that the TAC A one wasn't the best balanced rifle for me. Sure. Uh, they're very back heavy. Um, yep. Not the heaviest barrel, not the longest barrel, and especially with the um, the hinge, the hinge stock, the butt stock. Oh yeah. There's a lot of weight behind the rifle. Is and that is that different on the non-hinged? Have you played with that at all? I, th- I think there's a difference in weight, but I don't think it's huge. They're still okay. back. They're still back heavy. Still. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was sort of playing around that. I put some of the weights on the the I think they're MDT, the yep. um, the M-Lock weights to try and balance it up. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that actually pushed me over the edge to uh, to get rid of it and get the ACC was the uh, the Arca Swiss being built into the the ACC chassis. Right. Um, yep. I had a uh, I had a rail on there, one of the Ingenuity Gunworks rails that's got the um, like all different attachments because it's got like a little detent button you can slide your all your mounts backwards and forwards. Mm-hmm. Um, I had that on there, and that was working well. It was good for a bike. It's really good for a bipod. It's really quick. Mm-hmm. It's um, but on the uh, sitting in the bags, it's not real wide. I think they're only about 20, 25 mil wide. And the rifle used to sort of rock sideways a little bit when it was sitting in the bag. Yeah, so I was okay. looking for something with a, a nice flat base. Yep. And then starting to get interested in the whole tripod shooting and that type of stuff, mm-hmm. um, the, Arca, the Arca Swiss really started to appeal to me. So I uh, made some difference. Yeah. Got, got rid of the, uh, the TAC A1 stock. Yep. Um, and grabbed an MC, uh, the MDT ACC. Mm-hmm. And it's been uh, it's been great since then. It's it's really well really well balanced. I've had the rifle but rebarreled in the meantime. Okay. Yep. Um, a heavier barrel, longer barrel, um, and now it sits. You can just put it on a bag and walk away, and it just stays put. It's really well balanced, and it's it's really making it easier for me to do my bit. Yeah, nice, nice. And so, did you did you try any other chassis? Did you get hands on with a few? Yeah, I was at the club. Essentially, I'd try everybody's. <laughs> Um, I'm yeah. not fussy. No, no, I'm talking about chassis. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, what, what did what, what others were contenders for you? I really like um, the Manners stocks. Okay. As well, I've got a 22 in a Manners T4, mm-hmm. um, and that's I really, really liked it. Um, I still really like it actually, but the the adjustability and the modularity of the of the chassis ended up pointing me in that direction. Yep. Being able to tune the weight that was pre weight kits and those sorts of things in the yep. in the um the manor stocks and such and being able to move the weights forwards and backwards to get my balance point where i wanted it was ultimately where i put it in that direction mm-hmm. and the um the pistol grips as well so you can adjust you can adjust them forwards or back to uh, to get your finger sitting on the trigger nicely it just had that it's that whole adjustability thing that yeah. really sold me yeah yeah okay so that was uh so no no other chassis that were out there that you, you looked at and contended with or yeah uh, the KRG, yeah, okay. Um, the X-ray, I liked. Did it come? Did it come down to price? Um, Actually, the X-ray is a bit cheaper, isn't it? It is yeah. a bit. Yeah. Um, to be honest, the thing that really pushed me in that direction was the the Arca Swiss being built into the bottom. Being built in, yeah. yeah it was just it's a real winner. super. Yeah. It's super convenient, and it's got the other thing it's got is a super long forend. The yep. um, the ACCs are probably a good hundred mil, maybe even a bit more longer than yeah, the. Right. Uh, a lot of the other, a lot of the other chassis out there. Okay, means I can get my bipod further forward. Mm-hmm. Um, bit, bit more of a uh, sort of options, I guess. Yeah. Um, but they were probably yeah probably the the KRG and the um, and the ACC were the two front runners for me. Yep. The um, the MPA is nice as mm-hmm. well. Um, just for me, didn't quite have the the features for the money that the uh, the ACC had. It's been a uh, when that came out, it was uh, certainly I, yeah, I thought it was MDT's sort of best best launch that they they did because the the EWS was sort of the right path, but it wasn't quite there. Yep. 
uh, and the ACZ just came out and sort of dropped that price point down. I still prefer the KRG personally, but that's talking about the X, uh, not the X, I'm getting confused now, the whiskey. whiskey. Yeah. Um, but it also comes with a price ticket yeah. above it. Absolutely. Um, a few more features and, and bits and pieces you can bolt on and such, but yeah, it ends up being being pricey. Uh, yeah, and so I think I think that, that MDT has been real impressive. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, honestly, I think a custom gun for me is in the works at some point in the future, but okay. um, for now, the, the ticker... The ticker action and the MDT is doing; mm. it's still doing more than I can. That's, that's the thing I think that many people sort of think, oh, I've got to go down and get get a custom built gun and all that sort of gear." But if you're doing well and you are, I mean, you are dominating in our club and you're continually winning and leading whatever it is. And I suspect you were you're, you're primed for 2020, weren't you? You're you're probably ready and pumping. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and that's with a ticket, or albeit with with bits and pieces bolted on to make it more yours. Yep. But it certainly uh, hasn't it hasn't held you back uh, watching. Not at all. No, and I think that that's where um, the, the custom guns are awesome. We're definitely, definitely, no no doubt, many of our other guests <laughs> of this show will be running custom guns and, and, and delve into it, why they went that way. Um, why haven't you, is there a particular reason you haven't gone, or is it just that everything's working well? Everything is working well, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, you're looking at what, two and a half to $3,000 for a custom action, Yeah, $1,000 plus for a, a barrel to be fitted. Yep. Um, you know, with your stock, all that sort of stuff. And it's that whole, I've mentioned it before, it's that point of diminishing returns. Sure. Until I can outshoot my ticker, mm-hmm. I don't see any value in spending that double what I've invested into this mm. for maybe a 2 or 3% return on investment or return in performance. Yeah. When I'm when the when the rifle becomes the limiting factor for me of me getting better, then it's I'll, time. I'll build a custom rifle. Well, what has um, what has your attention, if you were to go down that path of, of an action? Is there any actions you're eyeing off potentially? Yeah. Or if you had to build, if your ticker, if you went to your safe now and you found your ticker had just fallen apart, which I'm <laughs> sure I'm sure it won't. But if it had somehow miraculously your ticker got COVID and you have to ship it off to Victoria, um, what would you get? That's a good question. Cheers, um, mate. <laughs> I thought I framed it well with the whole current I've, reference. I've, I really like the Barnard action, but obviously they well they do do a repeater, but it's not really designed for what we do. Yeah. Um, I've really enjoyed having that as a, a single shot, but that's out of the question. Mm-hmm. Um, the impacts are really nice. Yeah, really like those. Yeah. Um, or Defiance probably up there. I mean, there's so many good ones now. As well, it's like <laughs> there th- is. To be honest, if someone gave me a you know Curtis Curtis custom, if they gave me one of those, I'd have it. Yeah. Um, there's just there's, there's so many out there that are good quality, um, but I'll probably lean towards the defiance or the impact. Okay. Be the direction I'd be. Yeah, I, I, I'm looking for a final answer from you. Impact, right? In, okay. Impact. <laughs> okay, we've, we've made the decision. Yeah, because uh, you're right, and and I, I, we will. Uh, we've got a couple of guests lined up who have gone down that path and had to decide between those top three, four options, mm-hmm. uh, and interesting to hear why they went one way or another. But you're not there yet. No. Uh, so it'll be interesting to check in with you in a year or two, perhaps, uh, as to uh, as to where you're up to with that decision, if, yeah, if you sure. are. Uh, Optics still running the ATAC-R on that gun? Yep, a 5 to 25. Yep, mounts. Um, uh, spur mount. Spur mounts. Yeah, okay. that's, um, that's a piece of equipment, that thing. <laughs> not wrong. So, uh, I'm, I'm guilty for picking my rifle up by the scope. Um, I know I shouldn't, but I do, and it yep. never affects the zero. So yeah, well, uh, you couldn't do that with a lot of a lot of mounts or rings. I put, uh, put I'm sure this story went on the podcast last night, but um, I, I hadn't had my scope on my gun since March, and then I, I took it up on the weekend. The, the club gun wasn't quite ready to go, so that I'll do that. Uh, I had some new shooters there, and they shoot a centerfire. I went, I'll just put this back on. We'll have a crack at 200 and see what happens. Put it back on, locked it back off just by hand, and uh, we we're still dead on target to about that that sort of target nice. at 200 meters. I went, that'll be fine. So we died out to 500, and we were on target uh, first round. Very so, nice. Uh, yeah, spur solid. <laughs> can't yeah. can't complain about that. Not at all. Yeah. No. What about um, what about? Well, actually, we're going to get into reloading in a moment. So, uh, one of the things that uh, it might become a regular thing on this show perhaps is about this shelf certainly it was the goal in the last episode now now i'm addressing a camera um it was the goal in the last uh, series but we we never quite got there we just kept 
chatting away. But uh, so at the moment, there's a few different things on this shelf, so I'm going to show you a couple of things. So of course, I've got the stage one hat because um, everyone needs one of those. Grab them because there's some new ones coming uh, very soon. So check that out. We'll put that back up there. Uh, have you played with any of those, mate? Have a look. Hold that up to uh, to your camera, and uh, that's the uh, Boscobel thing. I've actually got one of them open here. Okay, so let me have a look. No, have I to, honestly haven't. Don't have to rip that one apart. There, there I thought go. this was a keep. No, it's oops. not keeping. Cool. Oops, oops, oops. I'm, I'm dropping things. Anyway, I'll pass that one over to you. That, that one's open, but um, this is from Boscobel from WA. Obviously, we're talking gear, so we may as well look at some of the gear. Um, and plus, I've got a couple of prizes from PRS sitting here that are waiting till next year, so let's, uh, let's check them out. So these are replacements uh, for the Atlas, so they'll go into the Atlas uh, setup, I believe this is an Atlas one. And then the feet, a uh, big selection, uh, chuck over plushy. you've got the selection of feet there. Yeah, for um, sure. You've got well, you've got stuff. some nice flat rubbers, I take it that'll be for... Uh, something grippy. Shipping off the bench yeah. or maybe sand or something like that if it's uh, diving yeah. in. You've got some... You got these things that are pretty much. I think they would, they would hurt. They'd look they look dangerous. Fact, um, yeah. <laughs> oh, good, good catch. I'm very impressed. That could have taken an eye out. That might come back a whole lot faster. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, dear. All right. Good. We got these um, these three prong oh, ones. Cleats. Yeah, they'd be uh, they'd be not bad for um, some barricadey type stuff. Mm. Or uh, that's good. not bad. What else we got? It looks like it might be an adapter for the feet. That's yeah. That's the uh, that that one there's the adapter for the feet. So that goes in there. I think they're doing a Harris now, or at least they've been testing a Harris. So that's uh, that's worth checking out. Yeah, anyway. it's not bad. It gives you some options for just shooting off the bench as well. Yeah. Um, All sorts of stuff. From yeah, Oscar Bell. that's pretty impressive. So it was, uh, we'll we'll chuck that one back up on the shelf. Uh, here's the here's a special deal. These uh, earmuff uh, headphones, earmuffs, electronic earmuffs. From scoped out, uh, thirty nine bucks. I'll, I'll tell you now, they're not amazing. They're nothing uh, super special. The M thirty ones are better, um, but thirty nine bucks. Um, yep, that'll that'll do the trick. Second pair or something along those lines. Um, some for the kids, for some guests yeah. that come along or anything like that. That will uh, pretty cheap for electronics. Uh, and of course, got a little bit of merch there. There's a couple of things from uh, from Huntsman. I don't know if you guys have seen the uh, these. Oh, we're gonna have to refocus that bad boy. Let's do that there. Not vegan approved. Um, the uh, the Huntsman uh, stubby cooler. So, whoops, I'm taking photos with this camera. And uh, yeah, some of that. So that's that's what's on the shelf this week. Uh, I guess the idea of that is to see what's on there next week. No doubt we'll have some sort of gear. Um, to uh, to play with, but yeah, the Boscoville stuff definitely worth uh, checking. That WA company, so uh, awesome. Put that back up there, excellent. Now what I was going to delve into reloading with you. So because you recently uh, pimped out your reloading setup a little bit, what have you uh, what have you changed? You don't tell the wife, but I've spent a bit of money lately. She's not watching. I guarantee. <laughs> I hope it. so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what have I done? I uh, I've got to the point, like I mentioned, with the um, you know the ticker. I think the the reloading equipment I had starting to hold me back a little bit mm -hmm. i was looking for a little bit a little bit more a little bit more accuracy a little bit more precision yep um so i've uh, got rid of the uh, the old charge master and gone with the a and d scales and there's an auto very nice auto trickler on the way yep and uh when it finally gets here yep um what else have i done i've gone uh <coughs> gone down the um what, what press are you running just a rock chucker supreme i think it is okay yep yeah nothing nothing too fancy mm-hmm um I do like the look of those new Area Four One Nine ones that they've been. Oh uh, yeah, I did see. Today. I did see that. That so did look. Uh, it looks impressive. That looks amazing. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, you uh, c c carry on. We're going to try to bring one of those up because that's uh, that looks it's a uh, piece incredible. of equipment. Um, the price tag suits as well. Um, yeah, right. I think it was about twelve hundred US. Ooh, that's probably okay. Gonna, that's, that's probably going to land at about two thousand bucks, maybe uh, eighteen hundred. Some serious coin there. Yeah, that's uh, that's not a cheap. We, well, um, I believe at some point uh, Danny uh, from Delta is going to come on, so we were, we'll have to ask him about that, uh, yeah. given that they are the agents. Uh, let's uh, let's just have a little – oh, well, okay, here we go. I think we can uh, – we should be able to bring this up on screen because um, we've, we've, we've done it like that. There we go. So that's, uh, that's the, uh, the press there. Look at that. That's a, that's an impressive. Not that you can see it, but that's yeah. an impressive. Uh, well, I was thing. looking this morning. It's a it's an impressive piece of kit. Mm. kit. They put some uh, R and D into that. Yeah, 
Wow, that's uh, that's solid, and it's a um, it's a tarot press. Yeah. So you've got all your dies. Your dies will sit in there, but that looks like a very solid tarot press. Want to be for the coin? Anyway. <coughs> wow. Okay. Well, I'm one of them's on your horizon because well, you've got no. a coin in the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I'm sort of at a crossroads at the moment where sort of deciding whether I go down the like the Frankfurt Arsenal path or the um, the Forster Coax or something like that, mm-hmm. or even the um, the bench mounted not the, the um, like the 21st century or the um, the Wilson. Yeah. Um, I forget what they're actually called, to be honest. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I forget I'm, what they are. I, I can't um, help you out. I'm sorry. Yeah. They. Yeah. <laughs> but they're they're um, a little bit different to the o, the uh, the O ring or the o, the O frame press. Yeah. And uh, it's a lot more portable. I'm thinking that you could put that in a suitcase or the back of your car or something along those lines easily, mm-hmm. and uh, take it with you. You can seat. You can. It's more seating that I'm interested in. For that, you can seat out on the road, so to speak. Yeah. Do a bit of load development or if you've got a problem, you might be able to do something about it. I'll be able to fix it while you're out there. Yeah, okay. so I'm sort of looking at which which direction I go, whether I, I'm looking to upgrade the the, the rock chucker. Mm-hmm. I'm just not quite sold on where I'm going yet. Uh, anything on the annealing side of things? You yeah, know? I've got a, a case annealer, which is a like a map gas torch annealer with a bit of auto feed set up. Yeah. It's good. Uh, I wouldn't say it's 100% con- consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, you get a bit of heat variation with the um, depending on the the gas level in your bottles and stuff like that. So you got to watch it. Yep. Um, so on the horizon will be an amp annealer at some point in time. Very nice. Uh, at some point. Um, but well, did you uh, is the the one that you've got currently is that your first annealer? Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Okay, so that's what you've you've started off with. Yeah. Yeah. It's been it served me well to be honest. They're pretty well priced. They're pretty competitively priced. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been annealing every firing um, for my brass, and it seems to keep it pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a routine I got into, and it because it auto feeds. It's pretty. It's pretty simple, really. You set it, and I wouldn't walk away from it. But yep. uh, definitely can be doing something else in the same room while it's uh, doing its thing. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, I think um, it's uh, it's always interesting, mate. We've got a few comments starting to stream in a little bit, so nice. let's uh, let's delve into them, uh, guys who are watching. If you have got any comments or, or questions for any of the gear that uh, Plus has talked about using or anything you want to know, uh, hit us up in the comments now. We'll take a few moments to delve into those. So bear with me while I don't look at the camera or at Plushy and just ignore <laughs> everyone. Uh, all right. Well, we'll scroll back a few uh, but nick uh, nick talks about your guns that you've had they're all heirlooms uh ensure you uh, say so in your will is that halliwell or no different different, oh, different nick. Nick. Okay. uh have you got them in your will no no i don't Something yeah that's dangerous to consider okay my my first uh, my first gun was a beretta silver pigeon shotgun nice so uh, I, I do hope to keep that around yeah that's one that i'll, I'll probably want yeah, to get I think rid there's, of. there's something a bit special about it isn't that the first one mm. Yeah, and and that's why I tried to make my first one not not just a ten dollar little twenty two thing, but yeah, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, Alex is saying they're back in lockdown in Victoria, and this show is uh, back on. Well, yep, there is uh, there's that's not entirely accidental. I figured well, we may as well uh, kick it off this week because because uh, hopefully some people will be stuck home watching it. Um, right. Uh, Ruben asks, uh, will they work with the MDT PsychPod? I'm, I'm assuming you're talking about these ones, mate. I think they either have done or are doing a version for the SkyPod. SkyPod, I always say that. I've SkyPod. I've I think they've got, got a them. feeling like they're interchangeable with the Atlas ones already. Oh, really? I could be wrong on that. Don't quote me. Ah, okay. Controversial already yeah. on episode one. I've got one, but I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess uh, so if anyone has that, um, I, I don't didn't think they were but um you could be right i could um, be yeah could be right could be, could be wrong could be if anyone right, knows yeah. better than either of us um probably you should be on a show but yeah. anyway if you Next do know <laughs> let us let us know uh if uh, if they do interchange between atlas and the nbt i don't think it, i don't think it is uh right uh ironside says 100 percent of live streams with a host that wears an ironside hat have proved to be awesome it's uh, science so, nice um Shout out to Ironside, they do uh, the good stuff. Who knows? They may be on the shelf next week. Quite colour coordinate with my beer. Oh, it, it does colour coordinate with you. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. good. Hats, beers, chairs. It's 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 like orange, the colour of Impact yeah. Dynamics. Yeah. Oh, it's funny that. Funny that. 
All right, uh, Paul is here, uh, and Paul's from the uh, from the US. One of our US followers is on board, so excellent. I don't know. We, we, we're back on we're back on Facebook. We kicked off the, the last show with one episode on Facebook, um, so I, I am trying to learn my way around Facebook Live because um, we uh, we think we might get a few more people joining in. But um, here we go. Craig uh, says they work with MDT and Atlas and Magpul too. Oh, so they're all the same, mate. I'm, I'm guessing that's uh, that means that they are all all in change. You were right. You were right, Flushy. Thanks for admitting that, Rusty. That's it means right. a lot to me. Just flicked it over to you to <laughs> get the smug look. Uh, yep. Yeah. Is that enough smugness yet? Have smugness. We, yeah. Yeah. We've, we've we've yeah. Perfect. Excellent. Enough smugness. All right. Good. Uh, excellent, uh, and there is a um, there is an adapter you can get to make these work with Harris uh, as well. Yeah, sweet, um, cool. I think that's it for comments. Unless a few more streaming, that'll uh, that'll cover us for the time being. Now, where were we up to? We talked about all sorts of stuff. What we haven't talked about, plushies, all the other bits and pieces that you might use for a PRS side of things, um, or even before some of the things like. Bags, bipods, other accessories, um, and and what you've used and what you've hated and what you've not hated and stuff like that. To give us a bit of an overview of that. Yeah, for sure. I think the first really cool accessory I bought was when I shot F class. I bought a uh, it's called a Seb Neo uh, Rest. Yeah, they're super expensive. They're up around the fifteen hundred dollar mark, but it's okay. it's controlled by a joystick, mm-hmm. um, super stable, and you essentially. It's got the you move it up, it goes up, you move it down, it goes down. So you have a fixed rear rest, like a nice solid sandbag, and then you you basically aim with the handle that is sitting in front of you. Yep. Under yep. your under your left hand, and it was um sort of a road down that path of like that accessory sort of um really enhancing what you're doing as opposed to shooting off a you know a bipod or a, a fixed front rest or something on those lines. Yep. Um. So that was pretty cool. Um, what I end up with then, I got uh, I got into the um, the Atlas bipods. They're mm-hmm. good value for money, really good value for money. Did you, you did you start with a Harris or copy or anything like that, or, or just straight some, into Atlas? I had Harris's on hunting guns. Okay, um, but I pretty much grabbed as soon as I uh, as soon as I studying started doing anything sort of target related or something like that. I went for something a bit more sturdy. Yep, and grabbed one of those. Okay. Um, Bags? Wow! Like how many bags can <laughs> how many bags can one person have? Uh, all all the bags. Yeah, all the bags. Um, I've learned a lesson now. Okay. So <laughs> take us through your lessons. So Tim, if you're watching, um, you tell Tim about a new product and he buys it, <laughs> and then I get to try oh, it so and I, I decide if I need it or not. Yeah. Um, but actually, no. That uh, that that comment is pretty it's pretty relevant at the at the club or the range or a PRS event or anything like that. The community. Is brilliant. Like if you're looking at a, a rifle or a chassis or a scope or anything like that, yep. all you have to do is say, "Can I have a look?" And mm. it's going to be yes. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Nobody's going to say no yeah. unless they're about to shoot a stage or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe, they'll, maybe choose, they'll say no. <laughs> choose, choose your timing appropriately, but uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right. Number one piece of advice would be try before you buy. Yes. Um, I've got a couple of bags that sit at home that I don't use. What? what so. Can, do you know the list of bags that you have it's, tried? It's not ridiculous, but okay. I've definitely got. Uh, it's not the pump pillow; it's the um, the Armageddon, the wedge pump pillow thing, whatever that is. Okay, I actually use that a lot. Okay, um, I've got a the OG game changer mm-hmm. um, that gets used a fair bit. Got a solo sack. Yes, actually gets used a fair bit as well. I carry a lot of bags in my backpack. <laughs> um, <laughs> yep, I've also just got one of the new Smediums on the way. Um, yeah, LVGs just grab those ones in and waiting for that to rock up. Is that officially the best named bag yeah, uh, in the in really the Paris, the Schmedium? Yeah, yeah, I like it. Yeah, <laughs> good. Um, I've got a what else? I've got a, one of the running guns, the Sap running gun bags. Yep. I probably actually don't use that one anymore. It's still attached to my uh, still attached to my carry around bag. Yeah. I actually couldn't tell you the last time I used it. <laughs> yep. Um, that'd be close to what I've got now. Okay. Um, I'm sort of looking to condense that with. Well, potentially, thanks, Victoria, because now we're not going to Darwin for a PRS match. Um, still going to Darwin. But we're still going, I'm still going to Darwin too. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not uh, it's not official. Um, I'm trying to condense those bags down to a a pump pillow style bag and one like the Smedium was kind of the was the, the theory. Yeah, to keep the weight down and it's a lot of bags to carry around. Okay, take all of them. Yep. Um, I didn't. Uh, 
I did buy this medium without trying it because there's obviously none here. Um, mm-hmm. But what we did do, we went down and shot it to Zilmi's place down in the southeast. Oh, yeah. When Corona sort of, just before it really got bad, when it was sort of On talking about shutting, yeah, talking yeah. about shutting borders down and stuff like that. There was about yep. six or seven of us went down there and we had a barricade and we ended up with every bag you could imagine on this barricade. <laughs> and it was, it was actually brilliant because yeah. everybody got to try um, their rifles or whichever they wanted on all the different bags at the exact same time. And we ended up, um, my game changer is, I thought it was really steady and it's got the light bead fill. Mm-hmm. And I tried, Nick's got a, a pint size game changer with the sticky, the yep. sticky wax finish and it's got the heavy sand, mm-hmm. the, uh, the wobble um, on the sand versus the, um, the light fill. Yeah. was there was a noticeable difference. The yeah. wobble, at, I think we had a target, a gong at, say, 600 metres. Mm-hmm. I could contain my wobble with the uh, the full-size game changer to maybe half the target sort of around there with the uh, the pint size with the sand. It was a, a bullseye gong. I was holding the bullseye essentially off of, off of a barricade. It was it was a noticeable difference. Yeah, okay. Um, we had tactical udders and fortune cookies. It was great mm-hmm. to be able to try everything. Um, and really get a feel for what you like. And that's what sold me on this medium. When it popped up, it's sort of slightly bigger, but yep. still not much. Yep. It's got the heavy sand fill and the waxy, uh, the waxy finish. Yeah, fantastic. There is, uh, there is no end of bags, uh, and, and I think that, that is, uh, it, it continue to be uh, more and more options. Uh, and Definitely. I think, uh, as, as you pointed out, it, it can be pretty personal. You can be, if you can be in a position where you can have 10 bags in front of you to try that, that is an amazing spot to be in. It, it because, is, and that's why yeah. a club or a match or a practice day before a PRS event or something along those lines where there's going to be you know, mm. 20, 30, 40 bags on the line, you're going to try pretty much everything there is out there and really see what, what you like. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just uh, I'm just uh, having a little look at the. Uh, I'm trying to work out if it is medium or schmedium because I want it to be schmedium. Schmedium sounds way better. Sounds way better. And if it's not, they definitely should change the name of it. Was um, got an Irish person to pronounce it? <laughs> but uh, I, I fear it may not be, um, and I can't find it on the Lovis website. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's hiding away somewhere. Um, it's probably sold out already. Yeah, <laughs> it's been pretty. Po- it's been pretty popular. I think there's a lot of people got their name down on that one. Uh, okay, I can't even find it. Anyway, clearly I'm not. I'm not, I'm not a fae with the delving into it. Anyway, that's uh, that's that's worthwhile. I think, and 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 there is also you know a lot to be said that the one of the reasons we have so many bags is because we're often trying to find one that will do everything well. But in reality, you could you could take all your bags to a match. And if you knew them well and you knew which ones to work out and apply in certain scenarios, you could utilise several of them. Uh, and that would be more ideal. But, of course, that means that you've got to practice with all of them a lot Yeah. So because there's nothing worse than using a bag that you're not familiar with uh, and, and fumbling through. Uh, and you have to carry them with you. And when you're about to fly to Darwin... Uh, yeah. That is not good. So it's it's certainly a balancing act between having seven bags and knowing how to use them all extremely well, and actually carrying seven bags and just Absolutely. going with one or two. Hmm. Well, what about any other any other pieces of equipment that you you run? Is there any gear that you like? Um, I made the switch from the uh, from the Atlas bipod to the uh, the Skypod. Okay. Psych pod or have a sky. It's definitely sky. Yeah, I just say yeah. it wrong, and I have no idea why I say it wrong. <laughs> but I do. Maybe at some point when I heard the name, they t- I got told the wrong name from day one, and maybe it's stuck with me. <laughs> um, I, it's it's my area. I'm probably the only person in the world now who does that. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate the support, dude. Um, no. So when I sort of went down the the ACC with the um, the Arca Swiss, yep. Um, I was looking to make it um, one mounting system across. All of my platform, yep. like all of my, you know, like my spotter, my rifle, my bipod, um, the tripod, all of that stuff, just one, rather than multiple like ways of attaching things to rifles. It's just super convenient. Sure. Pretty much everybody runs it. So if you're going to a, you know, going to a Darwin match or maybe Bigenden or something like that, mm-hmm. you don't have to take. Everyone doesn't have to take their own tripod. Um, yeah. You can share it around yep. potentially if you know, if, as long as they got Arca Swiss. Amongst some people, try and keep your keep your weight down and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. So that was when I decided to go with the um, the Skypod with the Arca um, rail on it. Yep. And it's, in my opinion, it's so much better than the the Pick, uh, the Picatinny rail, mm-hmm. 
because you just loosen off your thumb your thumb wheel and you can slide it backwards and forwards. Yeah. You jump on a barrel or something like that and you loosen it off and as you walk up, you just slide it forwards, lock it off and you're shooting off, basically shooting off of a bench. Yep. And it turns a, you know, st a stage that you might have dropped a couple of targets to an almost, an almost well, a very cleanable stage and an almost gimme stage at times yeah, if you can get exactly. that good position. Yeah, that's uh, even um, uh, Atlas now are, are able to ship with with the Arca uh, oh, nice. mounts as well yep. with the four nine one. That's cool. Yep. Mounts. So uh, yeah, it's certainly not just you who's noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> Many people around the world have uh, yeah. have noticed that, and certainly it's become a really a really good option. So yeah. So in 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 all the things that you've bought, um, a couple of questions to wrap up. Um, is there something that you you bought? And were surprised by how like good, how significant, how how different to your expectations it was in a positive way. Is there anything that comes to mind on that? I'm asking the tough question. Yeah, that's a good it? question. Yeah, yeah, cheers, man. Well, you can you can pat out the answer if you like. Maybe by answering, what's the worst piece of the single worst piece of equipment you've ever spent money on that? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, sorry, you have to narrow it down to one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, there's definitely been a couple. Um, Three-piece cleaning rod. Um. <laughs> <laughs> All right, apart from the guineas, apart from the obvious ones. Um, right, so lately I haven't bought anything that surprised me. Um, I generally put a lot of a lot of research and a lot of thought into things before I buy now. Yep. So I'd be a little bit surprised or disappointed if I bought something and it didn't perform how I expected yep. so it's I don't think I'd be um, surprised anymore um, I think probably when I bought the game changer was the first sort of barricade bag I bought yeah and I was sort of like everybody else trying to use maybe like the running the sap running gun bag or yep. no bag or anything like that and it was it's a nightmare <laughs> it's an absolute nightmare two hard surfaces together and it just wobbles and yeah you know you move and off you go yeah. Um, I reckon the game changer. Dropping that on, um, it was just like, wow. Yep. Instead of trying to time shots <clears throat> when the wobble's in the right spot, you're now choosing whereabouts on the target or whereabouts off the target you want to hold. Yep. It's it a big difference. It, is that, um, I assume that's your answer for the most surprising one, not for the worst thing yeah. you've ever bought. Okay, yeah, good. Yeah, just, yeah. just clarifying because <laughs> I changed my question. What about the worst thing? Is there, is there apart from three-piece cleaning rods, is there something that just didn't, didn't quite work out as you planned? Um Particularly, um, I did. I remember bought a reloading kit and it came with a powder throw. I did think that was pretty cool. Yeah, and, and then and then, yeah, you... then I weighed things and realised it was pretty uncool. Um, <laughs> That'll work. That that yeah. was a leak. It wasn't it. Yeah. 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 That's fair. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. And you've ended up with an A and D, so you've certainly contrasted that. Yeah, that's right. Fantastic, mate. Fantastic. I, uh, I'm just checking, uh, make sure we've uh, we've covered what we were going to do. Yeah. One more thing. Is there anything out at the moment that's got your attention apart from the, um, the press? Um, the amp, yes. We spoke about oh, yeah. that briefly. Yeah, yeah, I really like the look of that. Um, yeah, there is actually. So 21st century and I think um, K&N tools. Um, I'm on a bit of a path to get consistency with my reloading like maximum consistency with my reloading and i still find that i get a little bit of i mean i use bushing dies uh, yep. like reading competition bushing, bushing dies so i'm using good quality dies with just a uh, sorry blushy excuse me for a moment my back's twinging at the moment <laughs> so i'm going to run out for a moment just try and give it a proper stretch out please let everyone know what you were eyeing off no worries um all right i'll try and drive this <laughs> um yeah, so I use the um, the reading um, the reading bushing dies, and I've been finding there's a little bit of inconsistency when I go to seek my projectiles. You can feel it that there's a little bit of um, little bit of variance. So I've been looking into the um, expander mandrels that uh, K and N and Twenty um, First Century. I think Sinclair might do some as well. That you can set your uh, you can set your neck tension with the um, with the expander mandrels from the inside out. So you'd size. Uh, say three or four thousands under your your target size with a bushing die, and then you'd expand the case back out with the uh, with the expander mandrels. So they're coming in um, half of a uh, one thousand increment in size, 
so you can really play around with your um your, your neck tension and as opposed to the uh the bushing dies when the uh, when the bushing die goes over your brass if there's a little bit of inconsistency it'll push it to the inside and the uh, the expander mandrels are uh, pushing that back out to the uh, to the outside so you're getting consistent neck tension that's uh, that's something that's on my list to uh, to play around with now that rusty's back um yeah. yeah so that's uh, that's one thing i'm looking at it's pretty inexpensive two three hundred bucks um for the expander mandrels the the custom okay. expander mandrels that come in yep. half half thou increments yeah so i can play around with my neck tension from the inside rather than the outside if you know what i mean yeah get some more consistency yeah um right. so that's that's probably one that's on the on the radar immediately nice um that's probably probably about it i've spent enough money the last couple of weeks <laughs> on uh, reloading stuff, and I'm also going down the path of a two to three AI trainer as well. Oh, um, yeah, okay. So, uh, well, give us a quick of, rundown on that then. Yeah, so I've I've been I do a lot of twenty two a lot of twenty two um, LR training. Yep, and I've been finding that I've been getting a little bit lazy with it. That there's no recall. Yes, and the twenty twos are so forgiving um, with bad habits. Yep, and. I really want to get rid of those uh, any bad habits, mm-hmm. so I want to go up to a, a trainer, and so I've looked down the road of a two to three trainer. I think a lot of people have done that. Yes, but I've um, also done a bit of research into the um, into the the case growth with a standard two to three. I'm not mm-hmm. a big fan of trimming brass. I hate it. <laughs> it's because it. you don't have a garage trimmer. Yeah, no, that's why I you don't. Yeah. yeah, I just bought a Sinclair micrometer trimmer the other day, but that's very accurate but very slow. As I said, you don't have a Wilson, garage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I decided to go down for two reasons to go down the, the AI path. One is um, so I don't get the, the trimming like every second firing. Yep. Um, and the other one is a little bit extra velocity. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I've sort of done the numbers, and if I run a two to three projectile in the seventy-five to eighty grain range. I think I can get three thousand feet a second with it with a, with a long barrel with a twenty six twenty seven inch barrel, which yeah, will match okay. that'll match my comp gun anyway. Yeah, okay. Um, do you run a longer barrel on your comp gun, do you? Yeah, mine's twenty seven inches with a plus a break. Yeah, right. Um, I uh, lets me run lets me run the powder charge a little bit less, get an extra you know fifty seventy five feet a second. Yep. Essentially, so I'm running my I'm running pretty light loads. Okay. Um, so I'm hoping that. Uh, I don't have to push it too hard. I mean, I'm getting three thousand, three thousand and fifty feet per second, which is getting it's getting close to the the range limit that we use. Yep. Um, but yeah, back to the two to three. I sort of with the seventy five to eighty grain uh, weight projectiles, I can pretty much match the ballistics for elevation and windage out to five hundred meters of my comp gun. Mm-hmm. So almost exactly the same hold. So it's going to be a nice trainer. Um, should be cheaper to run. Half the powder, similar projectile price, maybe a bit cheaper. Yep. And probably three times the barrel life. Um, and mm. I'm just going to swap. I'll probably run that at most club matches, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and go down that path. I probably won't break it. I'll just leave it as an unbraked rifle. Yep. And it should have a fairly similar recoil to the uh, to, to my comp gun. Yeah. Yeah. Not a not a not a silly way to do. And, and our club being unique in that it it has a two to three category. Um, we. Uh, we we loosely hold to. I figured so. you'd kick me out of well, that. Yeah, AI. two, three, actually. Yeah, uh, yeah no, out. definitely, definitely no good. Yeah, <laughs> definitely <laughs> no good. You're out. You're back in open. <laughs> You'll still win. <sighs> All right, very good, mate. Well, uh, well covered. Um, I, uh, as as many people know, I've, I've had back issues and uh, they've been pretty good. They've been getting better, but um, anyway, still gives me some grief. Right, well, guys, that's uh, that's about episode one. I hopefully uh, hopefully that was interesting, good. I know, plus you're always good full of information. Um, so thanks very much for hanging out on your birthday. Yeah, thanks for having me, mate. Yeah, no sweat, dude. And um, and nice to actually be able to do it in the same room. That's uh, that's really good. So, uh, guys, this is going to go out. This will go up on YouTube, I think. Hopefully, make make that all work. Uh, this will go out. This will stay on Facebook, of course, uh, and. 
um, the it'll go on the podcast. So if you were subscribed to the ID Live uh, podcast stream, this will go out. This will be a continuation of that. So and if not, look up ID Live uh, Impact Dynamics Live on your podcast thing, and in a couple of days, uh, this audio will be there and hopefully very useful. Uh, next week, next Thursday night, uh, very excited to have uh, Jay Orange from Orange Accuracy on to talk about all the equipment he has played with over the years. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, any questions, uh, make sure in the lead up to that show, hit us up, send them through, and we'll, uh, we'll put them to Jay. And uh, also talk about his online training course, uh, which has been launched out recently. So we'll get to the, the inside goss on all of that. Maybe find a little promo uh, promo video on that and um, be good to go. So, guys, thanks so much for watching. Uh, thanks to Scope Down. Make sure you check it out if you need some cheap earmuffs or scopes or night vision or thermals or all sorts of stuff uh, on there as well. And tripods are landing soon also, um, which is one we didn't delve into with your plushie on, on the tripod no. sort of things. But uh, I know you I know you run one of the uh, Leo photos. They go, they go well. Uh, that's it, guys. Thanks so much for uh, for checking out. And uh, we hope to, uh, to be back uh, next week. I assume we will. Can't see why not. See you then. Keep your job.